Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic today is going to be next level yields. We're going to talk to really super high yield producers, Randy Doughty and David Hewla during the show. Dave is the world record holder for corn right now. 616 bushels per acre. You think about that. 616 bushels per acre. So if we've got two acres next year, Brian, we got a shot at catching if we can have two acres. And Randy is the current world record holder for soybean yield at 190 bushels per acre. So we're going to talk about some of the things that they're doing to increase yields and also talk with some other growers that they're working with and companies that they're working with um, to achieve some of these yields. Both David and Randy go around the United States, and they have a program that they call their Next Level Program to work specifically with growers. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit today as well. We are always happy to take your phone call, too. If you'd like to call into the show, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, so Super Bowl got done yesterday, Darren, or Super Bowl happened yesterday. And, you know, it just kind of makes me think all the work that gets done, and then you finish second. <laughs> so you go through the entire, I mean, we're really, for a lot of these people, it's their whole life's work, and then they finish second. And one of the great things about farming is even if you finish second, you probably still did pretty good. So if I finished second to Hula or Dowdy in yield, I'd still be pretty darn happy. And, you know, the, the whole thing is when you look at guys like that, when you look at anybody that's successful, any organization that's successful, look at the 49ers and look at the Chiefs, it just requires an awful lot of work. And a lot of that stuff is kind of behind the scenes. So very often when we talk about high yields, really with any farmer, we Darren and I do a lot of workshops. Obviously, we're doing the TV show and radio show. We've got a magazine, uh, website, all these things. We get lots of feedback from farmers. And a lot of times it comes down to just one question. People will ask just one question. And also people will say things like, well, what's their secret? <laughs> well, for a, for a lot of the high yield people, their secret's just flat out hard work. And that's not really a secret to anybody. It just takes time. It takes dedication. And what I what I love about it though, Brian, is is honestly at the Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have these particular guys that we're talking to today, but we'll also have other super high yielding growers from all over the world. They'll tell people exactly what they're doing, and I'm amazed how many people will be like, "No, that can't be it." It can't just be that they're out in the field a lot more than me and that they're more timely with applications and doing a lot of the same things. There's got to be some secret product or something that they're using. And you know what? They may do a few things extra. There's there's no doubt about that because they're really pushing. But it's also because they have zero tolerance for disease, zero tolerance for weeds, and zero tolerance for bugs, where a lot of times it's, well, you know, I'm not going to get out there for a couple of days. It's it's just a panic when it's, oh, no, there's disease that's uh, not too far south from us. It could get to our farm. Let's get up right now and protect our crop, where most growers are like, well, you know, we probably got a couple of days to get this done. It, that seems to be the big difference to me, Brian. Okay, but then there are a whole bunch of situations where farm any of these high-yield farmers, so any of these probably dozen or better 
really high yield guys will have at our workshops, any super high yield farmer you're going to talk to, they'll say something and you go, ooh, that's different than what I'm doing. I should do that. And maybe that's going to increase my yield dramatically. Let's just take, for example, some of these guys will do split applications of potassium. Okay, so you might start thinking, well, maybe that's a that's a big deal. Maybe I should be doing some of that. But you got to go back to number one, why are they doing that? And number two, would that fit in your situation? So, for example, if you already had ridiculously high levels of potassium, is that going to help you? Probably not. If you have heavy soil that, and your soils are also cold and you're in a dry climate like we are, for example, is split applying potassium going to work? No way. There's not a chance in the world that's going to work. If you had, on the other hand, like some of these really high-yield guys, you have irrigation, hot temperatures, super sandy ground, then you, and uh, you know they're in an area where there's lots of rainfall, well, then that's a whole different deal. Well, now all of a sudden, absolutely split applying potassium makes a lot of sense because they're dealing in pure sand with all the moisture, lots of heat, everything else. So you just have to take a look at how does what any high-yield person, uh, how, how does what they're doing translate to you? And for that matter, even when you're talking to some of your neighbors, they're going to say, oh, this works for me. You try it and you go, well, that didn't work at all for me. You got to look at why something in particular is working for them. All right. There, there are so many things when you look at your own operation that you just have to be objective about and say, is this the best way to do it? Could I do things a little different? When you hear some of these these different strategies and timings that are getting used and maybe you hear, oh, they wait till V7 to do this and I do it at V5 or vice versa. What does it cost to try something like that? Not much. And I look at a lot of these things that don't really cost a whole lot. Like I, I know you'll hear the guys talk about, oh, your planner's got to be set just right. Well, how much does it really cost to just get out of the tractor a few extra times, do some more digging, uh, tinker with settings just a little bit more, just to make sure everything's perfect back there? It really doesn't cost a whole lot. It just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort. And I think as you listen today to some of the different ideas that, that come up and, and some of the different techniques that they're using, I think you'll see that, that, wow, there's a lot of stuff that, that yeah, there's some things that cost a little money, but there's a lot that don't. Yep, I, I agree with all that. So during the show today, we just really encourage you, as always, uh, try to keep an open mind and say, hey, it, what if I tried a little bit of that? And every year, we just encourage you, do try a few things and then really track it to the end. When you do that, though, don't just look at the yield monitor, because quite frankly, the yield monitor in a lot of cases is only going to show you something that's going to give you a 20 or 30 bushel gain. Well, maybe if you had a five bushel gain, that still would pay tremendous dividends. So you got to really look close when you're doing any trials at all on your farm. That'll be a fun show today talking about next level yields. And if you'd like to call and join the discussion, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen. From conception to completion, there's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. 
Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. One question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. Bean growers continue to see yield loss from white mold across the Midwest this season. To maximize next year's crop, a white mold prevention strategy that includes Contans WG Soil Fungicide is a must for your farming operation. Applying Contans this fall to reduce the sclerotia in the soil is the most effective way to stop white mold at its source. Start a Contans white mold control strategy this fall or pay for it later in lost yield. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic fungicides from Atticus LLC. Fungal diseases can be devastating, but Acadia, Slant, and Talaris 4.5F from Atticus deliver lasting, broad-spectrum fungi control so your soybeans, sugar beets, and dry beans can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Talking next level yields on today's Ag PhD radio show. Thanks for joining us. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show today. If you want to join the discussion, ask any questions, add to uh, what we're talking about, we'd love to hear from you. 844-44-AG-PHD is our number. You can also email us radio at agphd.com. Uh, let's start off talking a little plant health here. We're happy to have Josh Miller with us with BASF. Josh, good to talk to you again. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. You bet. Okay, so we're talking about plant health, and I know there's a lot of exciting new products that BSF has, and, and certainly uh, we can get into that in just a second. But can you just start the discussion to, to frame things up? What does plant health mean, and what should farmers be uh, doing and paying attention to in terms of plant health in their fields? Man, that's a fantastic question, because uh, I think plant health can mean so many things to so many people, right? Um when we talk specifically around what BASF means by plant health, it's a pretty specific thing we're talking about. It's reducing the stresses, not just from disease, but also from those environmental stresses that could be impacting your crops, whether it's heat, drought, hail, wind. Um, all those can provide these uh, stresses that can impact your crop negatively. And the thing we found from our BASF plant health fungicides is that we can actually help reduce and mitigate the stresses from all of those, not just the disease. So that's what we mean when we talk about plant health. You know, it is a big deal, and we farm in the extreme western corn belt. It gets dry. It gets hot. Uh, we go a long time without rain. We definitely see some differences in the plant's ability to tolerate those stresses. That's important to us. Uh, the other thing that, that we see, just like what you said, it's not necessarily just a disease discussion. We're seeing some benefits even on those years where it isn't. How are the high-yielding growers utilizing these products? Because it seems like the gains that they talk about using some of these really good fungicide products are pretty tremendous. Yeah, and um, I actually just had the opportunity to spend the week last week with uh, Randy and David, and we talked a lot about that. And they've really pinpointed where the plants are, are being exposed to stresses. Uh, if you talk to Randy very much, he talks about even knowing when to apply certain herbicides because it uh, 
can actually impose stress on the plants, and that's where a BSF plant health product can really help as well. And so I think they've really listened to their crops and, and realized when disease is the main driver and they need to protect the crop proactively from that disease, but also when their crops are uh, being maybe imposed by other environmental stresses and by knowing when that's happening, by really listening to the crop, they're, they're preventing the losses that, that happen pretty much in every, every field um, throughout the country every year. We've got some really good growers that are listening in today, Josh, and and speak to the grower that says, all right, I'm raising 200 bushel corn. I'm doing pretty good. I'm above average for my area. Mm-hmm. When would be the best times for me to, to add in a plant health product on corn? And then the same thing on soybeans. I'm raising 70 plus bushel beans. My county average is 50. Uh, what can I do? How can I push things here for higher yields? Yeah, that's a that's a fun question. Uh, especially when we're trying to figure out how to incrementally increase, you know, your benchmark on your own farm. Um, certainly we have the ideal times. We know when plant health can be impacted the most. And we can generalize it pretty much from an, a VTR1 application in that corn and an R3 application in soybeans. And the reason being is that that's when the plant is really in a transition mode, going from the vegetative growth to the reproductive growth and diverting a lot of energy and resources um, into filling that fruit out to filling the, the um, end grain, the kernels, the beans. And so it's more vulnerable to some stresses at that point. And so while we do want to make sure that we're preventing diseases, that's a time that we know that the plants are most susceptible and we have the highest consistency in responses uh, from uh, BSF plant products, whether corn or beans. Now, you and I have actually had the conversation too about can you go earlier or the other times in the, and especially the beans uh, uh, life cycle where we can have some influence and, and maybe that early application um, can help reduce some septoria brown spot and help reduce some of the stresses over the summertime to get it to the reproductive stages. And I think it's going to be critical to understand where you are in your current operation and then figure out that next step to continue to push um, to push that boundary a little bit further. So while we have those two timings, um, the ideals in corn and beans, that next step is really going to be dependent on your operation and where your next step is. What are the critical times in the growing season where you experience most stress or when you have the most opportunity for diseases to come in? Hey, last question for you, Josh, and and I'll let you run today. You've got a pretty exciting new product and it's, it's a triazole, but it's not like the other triazoles we've got. What's different about this new one? Okay. So this one's, this has been a really fun time to be a BASF uh, to launch Rebisol, which is the new active ingredient that you just talked about. Um, it's going to be a part of Revitech and Deltima, lead offers in bean and corn. This is a DMI, the group three, but what the chemist of BASF basically did was design this thing from the ground up and to deploy this flexibility in the active ingredient itself so that it can get into that site where it needs to bind in that fungus, into that disease and fit in there tighter, more strongly, and stay put longer than any of the other fungicides on the market right now. And so what we're seeing is that there's this strength of control by how it gets in there and binds differently than anything else in the market. And then by staying there and staying put, the length of residual we're seeing out of this product is just, a, I hate to use the word game changer and blockbuster, all these types of words keep getting thrown around. But it is very um, exciting, especially being a plant pathologist, to see something work so differently 
from anything else in the market. And so it is an exciting time for the, for us um, to launch yeah, this. And, and what we're most excited about is the opportunity for, for farmers to see the difference on their own farms. It's pretty cool. And I know we got a couple of high-yield growers you already mentioned they are going to talk about what a difference it made for them here in a little bit. Josh, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Hey, thank you. Uh, let's head out to Illinois. We've got Shonda Roberts with us with Brant. Uh, Shonda, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having us. You know, we're talking about next level yields today, and it's it's a fun discussion because when we think about plant fertility, it's not just critical at one time of the year. It's critical throughout the entire year. What are some of the things that growers should be looking for coming into this year? Well, um, uh, our VP of uh, Discovery and Innovation for Brands, Brian Hashmeyer and Ed Corrigan, are going to talk in detail about that at the upcoming next level event. Um, but just to give you a, a small preview of what they're going to talk about, um, we're really pushing a new enzyme and micronutrient product at planting, which is called Brant Up. And then we're also talking about um, how and when to use foliar nutrients and the differences in some of the micronutrient products out there on the market. Um, so those are the two things we're going to be covering. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. We're seeing such a push for growers to get plants off to a good start. And uh, new innovations are always fun to talk about, too. And, you know, you look at this year, there's a lot of growers that didn't get fertility out in the fall. They're looking at that planting time application and thinking, this is going to be really critical for me in 2020, even more than previous years. Yes, absolutely. And that's really what we're seeing with the new enzyme technology. And, you know, enzymes are different from microbials in that they are, they're non-living chemistries. And when you use that enzyme in combination with a micronutrient such as zinc, it's really um, activating the, uh, it's activating that enzyme. And what you're seeing is a very, rich soil environment, a very active soil environment, and um, it's, the enzymes are like little engines that help convert organic matter in the soil into smaller digestible units. All that activity around the seed and around the root zone, it's pulling in water, it's pulling in nutrients. And what we're seeing is earlier plant emergence and better, better root mass, thicker stalks, and it's allowing the plant to get out and get and and be healthy a few days earlier than normal which is giving it a better chance after emergence um so that that's been a real big key of that product and the other part of it is uh it's treated with a patent pending um technology that keeps the enzyme stable in the soil longer and uh historically enzymes um are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, we are. But we're yeah. tell you what, Shonda, we're right up against a break. It's going to be fun to talk more about this. I also love to get you on another time to talk about some of the delivery mechanisms you have on foliar treatments. It's been fun seeing how you're able to push more nutrition into that plant. Been talking with Shonda Roberts with Brant. Thank you so much, Shonda. Really appreciate it. We'll see you later. 
Hey, Bill, any advice to control tough weeds and rootworms? That's easy, Jim. Buy two, save three. Wait, for weeds and rootworms? Buy two, save three. Combine your Impact or new Impact Z herbicide purchase with a qualifying insecticide and save $3 per acre. Buy two, save three. That is good advice. For details, go to buy2save3.com. Impact, Impact Z, and Buy 2 Save 3 are trademarks owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. How do you know when to run your grain bin fans? There's an app for that. With the Steps GMS app, you can manually turn your fans on and off from your smartphone. You can also configure the Steps GMS app to automatically turn fans on when the humidity or temperature is ideal to keep your grain in top quality condition. Save yourself some time and take the guesswork out of managing your stored grain with the Steps GMS app. Contact us at stepsgms.com for more information. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like Water Hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of fierce herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. The last thing you want after harvesting your grain is to spoil it before it goes to market. The Grain Temp Guard from Farm Shop MFG is a low-cost bin monitoring solution that tracks temperature and humidity and alerts you when conditions exceed safe thresholds. Visit farmshopmfg.com. We started utilizing the dual react system this year. You can adjust your speed and it automatically adjusts your sprayer tips. So you can slow down and you aren't building up huge droplets or you can speed up and you're not throwing a mist that's drifting. Hypro, helping you spray better. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Studio today, talking about next level yields and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Uh, real happy to have Dan Poston on with us right now, Director of Agronomy for Pivot Bio. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Now, I know you've been working with high-yield growers for many years, Dan. What are high-yield growers looking for? Because we, we get so many questions all the time about what's it going to take to get to higher yields? What's it going to take? What about the guys that are already there? What What does the next level mean to them? Well, I think uh, one of the things that um, all of them are looking for is m- more efficient ways uh, to, to really get nutrients in the plant, number one. So, uh 
kind of finding ways to have that constant supply of needed nutrients into the plant, I think that's a big challenge uh, with not only your progressive growers, but that's a big hurdle that all of our growers really have to, to find a way to overcome. You know, it, it, you're right on the money there that, that you just have to be efficient getting these nutrients in. And the struggle that, that we face too is we don't know exactly what the weather's going to do. Now, you may have irrigation. You may be able to add water, but you can't control sunlight. You can't control heat. And you don't know if you're going to get 300 bushel or 310 or 290, but you still have to make that application. And, and that gets tricky to try and figure out exactly what to do. Uh, exactly. No, no, no doubt. Uh, for sure. So when it comes to uh, when it comes to nitrogen, we're certainly getting a lot of attention about microbes and and uh, the the role that they can play in helping plants uh, be efficient with nitrogen. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the work you're doing? Well, um, let me begin uh, by talking a little bit about Pivot Bio and and the mission of the company in general. Um, our founders uh, 15 years ago or so came out of graduate school with really a mission to better harness the machinery that many microbes have that allows them to fix atmospheric nitrogen. Uh, many of these microbes we've known about for, for over 100 years. Um, uh, there are also newer ones that we're still discovering. But the, the bottom line is there are a lot of microbes out there that can that have the machinery and the the nitrogenase pathway equipment to fix atmospheric nitrogen. Um, and their mission was to better harness those, to improve those microbes, to do a better job at fixing nitrogen uh, on uh, especially cereal crops where we really just relied completely on synthetic nitrogen for 60, 70, uh, you know, uh, uh, years for sure. So um, that, that's the mission, to reduce dependence on synthetic nitrogen, and we're using microbes that have that nitrogen-fixing machinery to do that. How about timing, Dan? When when you think about that with these microbes, do they work all through the season? Are they more important at one certain time for plants? Well, um, let me kind of uh, give you the, the best way I can describe this process. Our, our microbe in particular, our pivot bioproven, uh, is applied in furrow, uh, and it's in the seed trench so that when those roots emerge from the uh, germinating seed, that the bacterium can colonize those roots. Um, when it colonizes those roots, as the roots grow, then the microbe grows and, and uh, multiplies as well. So the, the microbe cycle really follows the, the, the root development cycle. So as roots are growing, new roots are growing, uh, new exudates are forming as a food source for the microbes, the microbes continuing to increase in number and produce nitrogen. So you've got that little lag phase to begin with, and, and then by the time this plant gets to V6, V7, uh, the microbes should be well colonized and producing a fair amount of nitrogen. And then when that plant uh, reaches maximum root growth, uh, that plant also stops exuding, uh, as, stops producing as many exudates and releasing those into the soil. So then you have maximum root growth and microbes begin to decline with declining root mass. So, so think of the population of microbes and the nitrogen that it produces following kind of really the root growth cycle for that's the easiest way I can explain it to you. Yeah, it's really exciting to uh, to have 
microbes working for us 24-7 out in the field. We're talking with Dr. Dan Poston here with Pivot Bio. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to learning more about this technology. Uh, thank you guys for having me, and um, please feel free for any of your listeners to give me a call. I'll be glad to answer any questions they have. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate that. Uh, next up, we got Galen Beer with AgriLiquid. Galen, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I, I think Dan brought up a great point. Growers are looking for ways to be more efficient getting nutrients into plants. And uh, I was thinking about that, and I, I uh, saw your name pop up on the screen, and I thought, huh, I think Galen will be talking about the same thing. Well, I'm certainly willing to, for sure. It seems like a... <laughs> Seems like kind of, uh, you know, a, a hot topic. I mean, we've all faced some challenging growing conditions within the past year, it seems like. And um, we, we're advocates of that, as you know. I mean, we try to make our nutrients with the flexibility to meet the constantly changing needs of the farmer out there, whether it be applying some through a wide drop, uh, some as a foliar. And we love to see those micronutrients and some other key nutrients go down at planter time as well. Yeah, I think that planting time application is just going to be so critical this year with a lot of struggles out in the field in the fall for sure. Still some crop out there for some of the guys. They're they're definitely going to be trying to fertilize with the planter. And I know for us on the farm, safety with that product has just been huge. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we've been working with you as well. Uh, what do you tell the guys, Galen, not just that are shooting for average yields, but high yields? What are some of the things they should be considering this spring? Well, the first, the first thing I'm going to tell guys uh, is, you know, kind of we all have a tendency as growers to have that, uh, that recency bias where we're going to think about what just happened to us, and we all know what 2019 was, was like. So put that aside and, and start making good decisions for this growing season. Um, and so as we move into the upcoming year is those high-yield guys and, and – even the guys just looking for that consistent, profitable uh, yield that works on their farm, just do not neglect those things that are easy to chip out of a program when you're looking at your budget. You know, things like boron, it's easy to go, well, I'm going to set that aside. Look, we're, stre we're stretching yields today that we didn't use to, and now we need to make sure we look at the whole range of nutrients and that we're getting them out there at the time and in the place that those plants will benefit from them. I know running a complete soil test and also doing plant tissue testing through the season has really showed us some things that uh, surprised us. Like, wow, I didn't realize we were as short on this one particular nutrient or that one. For the most part, it's been micronutrients for us. Uh, what are you seeing as, as growers are trying to take their yields to the next level? What are they running short in, Galen? I, I've heard a lot of guys recently saying sulfur, and I've heard quite a few talking about micros. Is it something other than those? Well, I'm going to say sulfur and micros are probably uh, the bulk of it right there, only because the, you know, the MPK guys have known that for a long time. They've kind of refined their applications on that a little bit, and those are still critical. But, I mean, sulfur, again, I think what's hard for a grower is that you move outside of your, your primary nutrients there is you're moving into more expensive nutrients, and you really have to have and I know you guys are doing this and providing the service to kind of look at what is the response of these nutrients. If you're going to invest in 
let's just say copper, for instance, you'd kind of like to know that copper is going to give you a response because it isn't as cheap as nitrogen. And so I, I think that just making sure that we don't neglect those micronutrients just because they cost more, because even though they cost a little more, sometimes that $5 investment gives you uh, a very large return. You know, you can put 20 or $30 back in your pocket, but it's just that that mental uh that mental process of getting over that initial investment to think that, hey, this is going to return me later in the season. Yeah, certainly a lot of things growers will be thinking about this year when it comes to plant nutrients. I've been talking with Galen Beer with AgroLiquid with a few of those few of those thoughts and, and key things that we need to focus on for 2020. Galen, nice talking to you again, and uh, we'll see you again down the road. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Darren talking about next level yields and how you can reach them on your farm on today's Ag PhD radio show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When looking for someone to help with your risk management, a key component to look for is patience. Patience to bring you along in the process at your own speed. Patience to learn about your operation and patience to not only discuss what strategies may be effective for your plan, but why they would be effective. That's the strength of Grain PhD. I'm Darren Hefty. When you're ready to become more engaged in your risk management, Grain PhD can assist you with that process. Visit grainphd.com to learn more. Using NSERV nitrogen stabilizer with fall fertilizer applications keeps nitrogen available into the spring for maximum crop growth. Field trials in Iowa show NSERV delivered an average revenue increase of $22.96 per acre, and NSERV is the only recognized nitrogen stabilizer product in the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy because it reduces nitrate leaching. That's max profit in an environmentally sustainable way. Calculate your field's profit potential at nitrogenmaximizers.com. White mold, sudden death syndrome, root rot. If you raise soybeans, it may seem like you have all the cards stacked against you when it comes to disease. But did you know there is a new cost-effective seed treatment which can help prevent all three? Heads Up Seed Treatment offers a new proactive approach for dealing with fungal and bacterial diseases. Compatible with other seed treatments, hedge your bet against disease this spring. Ask your dealer for Heads Up today. To locate a dealer, visit headsupst.com. What do you think of when you hear Palmer, Amaranth, or Water Hemp? If you use Fierce Herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like Water Hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. You know a healthy crop is required for your best results. Simply put, balanced crop nutrition pays. AgriLiquid fertilizers have the research, technology, and products to deliver those results. We also have an outstanding team of field agronomists ready to help you with your fertility decisions. AgriLiquid can help you maximize your yield potential effectively and economically. Visit agroliquid.com to find a dealer near you. Maximize your flexibility and control the toughest broadleaf weeds and grasses with Anthem Max herbicide from FMC. With a wide application window in both corn and soybeans and with an easy to tank mix formulation, Anthem Max is ready to go when you are. 
Visit fmcagus.com or ask your FMC retailer about Anthem Max herbicide. Always read and follow all label directions and precautions for use. FMC and Anthem are trademarks of FMC Corporation or an affiliate. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about next level yields and what it takes to get there. Certainly one grower who uh, got to the next level and beyond, actually he's creating new levels for all of us to strive for, uh, is Dave Hula out in Virginia. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, the yesterday the groundhog didn't see a shadow, and then today... It's 71 degrees on the East Coast, so spring has arrived, I believe. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we got 40 degrees here a couple days in a row, and we were thinking 40 felt pretty good uh, in early February in South Dakota. But you know what, Dave? We need those cold temperatures. That's our secret to high yields because we kill bugs and we kill disease with freezing temps. Sure. Yeah, well, we um, you know, we, we fight some of the similar things, but we've learned with the uh, genetics and uh, fungicides and insecticides been been able to manage them to date you know dave uh, brian was talking about this earlier and and everybody's always looking for what's the secret there's got to be some secret that dave's got and just being around you as much as i've gotten a chance to be the last few years i've seen what i think the secret is and it's just hard work sure yeah you know there a lot of things you know people say well what are you putting in the sprayer to achieve these high yields? And, you know, it's not things that we do in reference to just spraying. It's, first of all, fixing the sins of the planter or planting process. And we've learned that, you know, if you can influence 100% of your seedlings because they've come up uniformly, now you're able to retain as much genetic potential as you can. And, you know, to have a yield of 500 bushels, you've done a lot of things right. And then when you get into the next level, you've gotten a lot more things done right than wrong. And, you know, we, we just spend a lot of time in the planting process and then evaluating the crop throughout the whole year just to assure that the crop does not have a bad day. You know, you talk about the planter. What are some of the common things that, that you think most growers would benefit on the planter? Or just common mistakes, I guess you could say, that you've seen and, and even things that you've fixed on your planter over the years that, ah, oh, I didn't realize we were doing this wrong and now we got that fixed and we're moving on to the next thing. Well, I know most growers remember last year and I, I could imagine most growers in the country are glad 2019's over. And looking at the one of the farm publications just this weekend, you know, growers are talking about planting earlier when conditions are just barely fit, planting faster. And I don't want them to get caught up because last year was not a normal year. And the number one thing that I feel growers sacrifice is consistent depth. And then the next thing is making sure you're getting a good seed, closing system so you do not create problems because we want we want as many of those kernels to come up the same time and you know there's a process and you know we've learned this both randy dowdy and myself and a lot of other successful growers and you know we've learned that there are certain steps that a grower needs to do to assure uniform emergence and some of them are with the planter 
Some of them are with the genetics or the seed, and then some of them are, you know, just environmental um, struggles that growers have to wait for till conditions are right. And, you know, 2019, unfortunately, is in most people's memory bank, but 2019, for some of those that waited till conditions were a little better, you know, their yields didn't suffer. And I, I know I know one yeah. guy whose yields didn't suffer, and we're talking to him right now. We're talking to Dave Hula. Now, Dave, here's one of the things that I noticed, too. Uh, when you said guys are really excited to plant earlier and faster this year, especially guys whose corn didn't quite make it. Talk to a lot of growers who oh, plant a little too full season corn. Guess what? You can probably back off a couple of days and still have good yield potential because I'm betting that your world record yields, I bet you could have planted a more full season hybrid if you wanted. Yeah, well, we, um, you know, our wheelhouse is 113 to 14 day, but we'll go from 99 to 120 day. And, you know, Pioneer 1197, that's a 111 day maturity. So we've had good success with longer stuff. And, you know, I, people get hung up on their got to have this particular maturity range. Well, we did an experiment this past year because my son was challenging us to see if we could raise two crops of corn on the same acre the same year. And that doesn't happen in Virginia very often. So we planted a 76-day hybrid. And when their wheelhouse is 112 to 13-day, we've shaved a lot of that off. And yet irrigated, we were still picking 270-bushel irrigated corn. And, you know, now that's a far cry from some of their high yields. But we're not giving up a whole lot of yield when shift into real shorter season hybrids. Now, you know, that's a big extreme, but growers can cut back three, four, five, ten days and still still not sacrifice much yield, if any. Yeah, I think that that hybrid maturity is one that that if you haven't played around with that on your own farm, you need to try a couple of hybrids a few days earlier. Talk to your seed provider to get the best ones for your area. But, man, you can still get some yield out of earlier day corn. I totally agree with that. The other thing I see, Dave, a lot is is guys pushing their planting populations too far too fast <laughs> without the fertility there to feed it. Yeah. Well, I, I, a rule of thumb for me is um, if I'm not getting 10 bushels per 1,000 plants I'm putting out, population is oftentimes not the limiting factor. And most growers are in that 6 to 7 bushels per 1,000. And you know, of course, if you're planting a fixed-year hybrid, then you have to be a lot more conscious of your populations. But with a lot of these semi-flex or full-flex hybrids, you know, we can dial back our populations. You know, a lot of growers are cutting back on soybean populations and seeing benefits. Well, corn's the same thing. We can have great success by monitoring our populations. And when you go into overpopulated environments, you're dependent on one thing, and that's a whole lot of sunlight. And when we go to lower populations, it's a lot more forgiving when we don't get that solar radiation that we covet so much to capture a lot of yield potential. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the other thing, Dave, that I've noticed, and I've, I've gotten to be in a number of fields with you, uh, it, that everybody's worried about what's going on above ground. And, and I notice your eyes quickly move to what's going on below ground. You're probably the fastest guy digging in the field, even faster than me. And I carry a shovel everywhere I go, but you're down digging in that root system, checking things out quickly. Uh, is it is it, again, getting back to the sins of the planter? Or is this more about looking for, for additional things that happened after that? 
Well, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm like most growers. I'm going to, you know, look at the ears if we're at that stage or look at the bottom of the plant or make sure we had uniform emergence and then check seed and depth, look for crown roots if we're seeing that, many above ground. But then when you start digging, and, and you're right, if I'm out in the field, I'm going to get dirty. I'll be the first one to get dirty, if, if not the first, shortly thereafter. And I want to see what kind of root development we have and then also make sure we did the right planting depth and see where our fertility is because you know we you can't see the fertility but you can see the roots so are they capturing the fertility that we put out and are there ways that we can do make an improvement and then you know look for any kind of feeding of insects or on the roots and because that's that's their foundation right there and we want to make sure that we protect it and feed it as quick as we can and you know we have to understand it you know a lot of the seed companies are brilliant of what the crop looks like or can describe the crop above ground well a lot of hybrids have different root architect as well and we want to make sure that none of their tillage or compaction or the sins of the planter sidewall compaction and inhibit their root their potential root development below ground that is very interesting, and uh, th- yeah, there's no bragging there. Dave is the first guy to get dirty, and, and that's also why he's the first guy to break 600 bushel corn. Uh, once again, Dave, uh, congratulations on just an awesome, awesome year on your farm and, and a tremendously high yield number that many folks, frankly, didn't think would ever happen. We really appreciate that. appreciate the chance to get to talk to you as well. All right. I'll be blessed and be safe. You bet. You too. Thanks, Dave. Talking about next level yields, boy, you can't hardly talk about that without mentioning Dave Hula and uh, what a fantastic job he did in corn. But we also had a world record set this year in soybeans. We're going to talk to Randy Dowdy about that coming up next. Stay tuned. We know balanced crop nutrition pays. AgriLiquid has the research, technology, and products you need to grow a great crop, plus the expertise to give you a recommendation based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. AgriLiquid has the phosphorus, potassium, and micronutrient products necessary to deliver the best results from a solid fertility program. Visit AgriLiquid.com to find a dealer near you. Your independent spirit is more rewarding than ever before. Unlike programs that require growers to purchase a particular seed brand or to bundle certain products, the FMC Freedom Pass program rewards you for making the best choices for your fields. Our exclusive agronomic rewards, performance assurances, application innovations, and product financing make it easier to protect your crops and cash flow. Visit your authorized FMC retailer or fmcfreedompass.com to calculate your potential financial incentive and learn more. When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, the system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. 
featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough to control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. Clean fields and higher yields start with a strong battle plan. For soybean growers, there's no stronger ally than Sonic Herbicide. When applied pre-emerge, Sonic has proven to defeat yield robbers like water hemp, mare's tail, and giant ragweed. With long-lasting residual control, it keeps fighting to defend your field from invaders. Visit BattleWeeds.com to plan your attack against weeds. Always read and follow label directions. Sir, yes, sir! How much yield and profit did you lose the moment you put your seed in the ground? A poor stand at planting keeps your crops from reaching their yield potential, and closing the seed trench behind the planter is essential to establishing a good crop stand. The Germinator Closing Wheel from FarmShop MFG is here to give your crop the strong start it needs for maximum yield. Act now to receive an early order rebate plus free shipping. Get ready for spring planting with the Germinator Closing Wheel. For more information, visit farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, along with my brother Darren. We are live in the Morton studio today talking about next-level yields. Well, we are pleased to be joined now by the world-record soybean producer and also an extremely high corn yield producer. Uh, it is Randy Dowdy. Randy, thanks for, for joining us today. Appreciate it. My good pleasure. How, how's Brian and Darren today? Uh, we are Doing excellent. good, Randy. Yep. Um, you know, we're talking today, though, Randy, about next level yields. And I think every farmer out there wants to get to that next yield level. And, you know, ultimately the goal is profit, but usually profit comes with yield. So we're looking for higher yields. And I wanted to talk to you first about you started this program about three years ago, working with certain farmers around the United States called your next level program just to kind of back up a little bit why did you start doing the program and what have you seen out of it here in three years what kind of feedback have you gotten from farmers well we started the program simply because of the fact there was a lot of demand to to consult more so than what we were doing in a normal meeting setting and i felt like that if we were going to take a an approach to consulting that we probably needed to be with growers multiple times of the year, actually have some face-to-face time with them, uh, even walk some fields with them. So we meet twice in December, November time frame, then we do it again in uh, the January-February time frame. So we've got two fall-slash-winter meetings, one at each time frame I just mentioned. And then we've got a June and August um, meeting where we actually walk fields with growers and the thought process was because farmers learn kinesthetically some learn by touching seeing hearing and feeling um, we need to be able to touch all aspects of that because some can hear us and they got it but some need us to actually show them some things so 
that was really the, the, the thought process behind it, bringing a group of guys, not doing it on an individual basis, uh, but to get a group of guys that, you know, could share some information with one another, us share some information with them, cover all bases, and then we actually build a software program that allows everybody to kind of watch everybody's data throughout the season so they can make live decisions um, instead of just at the end of the year decisions, if that makes sense. Uh, most of the time, growers do something, they assess whether it worked at the end of the year, and now they're a next year man. What we wanted to be able to do was to have it to where guys could share tissue samples, share management, share applications, and see how it affected the crop and be able to learn from one another by using the software. So we've got a software program, and we meet four times a year. So that's kind of the thought process behind it and why we do it. All right. In terms of feedback from farmers, what's 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 just the general response been? Right. Um, you know, we've got guys that – well, one thing that we do with the software is we measure um, – we give a lot of specific things we want them to do that's timing-based. And we are able to measure the growers that do what we ask versus those that choose to do what they want to do, which is their prerogative. The buck stops with them. And we're able to measure the highest yielders. And we're probably batting 85 90% right now that if guys do what we ask them to, what we ask them to do with the specifics of timing associated with that, that they're winning and making higher yields. Now, we obviously don't win everything, um, but we're getting, you know, dry land and irrigated alike. We're getting a lot of good feedback that says that, you know, guys are learning the pieces of the puzzle that we are asking them to do works. Now, everybody seems to pick the things that's more comfortable to them uh, about doing. We give a lot of information away that we think they should be doing as a system. They still kind of pick and choose what that's being done. Um, we've got some that are synergistic that we feel like works better with others, but um, sometimes farmers leave them exclusive when they don't do other things. They just pick one thing. So we've got a. I'm not trying to be vague, Brian, but you know we've got guys that have had overwhelming success and they they believe in it, and we've got some that you know they tried a couple of things they didn't see as much, so they're going to try more and, and and see if it works. But all in all. Um, you know, we're winning 80-plus percent of the time. I'd say it's probably close to 90, according to Randy Seaver. But um, we're winning on a lot of the management practices that we're, we're learning together with the growers. All right. Data. So one of the things that I know you've said many times publicly, and we just had Dave Hewla on, he said, he said the same thing. It starts really with the planter. If you do a great job with the planter, then chances are you're going to have better yield in the end. So what are some specific things that, I mean, maybe maybe give me one or two things that you commonly see wrong on most planters? Well, you know, I can tell you the effects is they don't get all the plants up at the same time. And that is multi there's just so many aspects of where that problem comes from. Um, it can be gauge wheels, dry dirt going in the seed trench. It can be closing systems. It can be inconsistent seed depth. Um, you know, guys are used to evaluating a stand, Brian, by saying, I planted 35 and I got 33,000 of them up. Right. The seed company did a good job of giving me a good seed treatment, and I got 33,000 of them up. Whew, I don't have to replant. Yep. Mission accomplished. Right. Well, when you did the planter variability challenge, even on your farm, and 
where we do it on everybody else's. We're learning that just getting them up is not, you know, what it takes to make high yields. We've been doing it, but now guys have a way to measure the planter row variability. Uh, and, you know, that's the problem. And there's some free bushels there. I mean, there's a lot of what we talk about in next level that really doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes time and attention to detail. And that's the cool part is it's just not us selling products. We're trying to sell agronomy services and, and, and ideas and attention to detail, some of the things we've learned the hard way. But, you know, as far as the planter's concerned, if I had to guess, um, everybody likes to blame the seed companies. Um, everybody likes to blame the weather. Nine out of ten times, I say they need to look in the mirror. Uh, it's something they did not set consistently across that planter or maintain consistently. Yeah, I know you're having an event in the middle of February with some of these growers you're working with to specifically go through how that planter works in Arizona. So I think that's a really good idea. I'd also ask you real quick about fertility, because when I talk to almost any high yield farmer out there, it seems to me like about 90 percent of our time is spent on fertility. So this is another thing. As you as you go all around the United States, what are maybe one or two big fertility things that you see going wrong on a lot of farms? Farms that you typically will address with farmers? Well, everybody's trying to buy bushels, the way it seems, uh, whether it's byproduct or by fertilizer. Uh, the cheapest bushels are just making sure that the planter comes, you know, performs, that process performs correctly so that you get those free bushels. And then when you get from there, obviously placement of fertilizer becomes a big deal. Uh, it's not about what we buy, Brian or Darren. It's not about the fertilizer we're purchasing. It's about what gets into the plant. And if it's not getting into the plant, there's one of two things happening. Either one, you know, it's not in the root zone, or two, it's tied up. And so we got to have balance of fertility in the soil. we got to have balance of fertility in the plant. And for us to get it into the plant, it first must be available, and it secondly must be in the root zone. So... We talk about that in, in great lengths of what those ratios we feel like from the data and our own experience need to be in the plant and the soil. And we're looking at it at all geographies, all soil types, all CEC values, all organic matter levels. One cool thing that you challenged us with, Brian, this year as being a, a camp host was to look at it by CEC and let's see what the differences are. Can't wait to reveal what we've learned uh, come February about just those things that you pointed out. All right, Randy, we got about one minute left. Um, I'll just give you a quick minute maybe to talk about your program and uh, the information available at DowdyCropInnovations.com. Yes. Um, I mean, if you're a grower that's looking to, you know, learn the basics first, um, what we have found is that we, we have told a lot of different products for people to use. People want to buy those things. And, Brian, we spend 15 bucks on a fungicide application, and we buy all this fertilizer, micronutrients, humic compulvic acids, PGRs, all of those things. And one of the things that we have figured out is that every one of those practices, where you spend a dollar, you get more bang for the buck where you have plants that emerge simultaneously as opposed to just emerging in nature. So if you spend 15 bucks, why not have 100% of the plants benefit from it, no matter what the application is? Yep. So with hey. the next level, we're sharing information with everyone, and everybody learns together. All right. Hey, Randy, we get a run. Thanks a lot for the time today. Again, if you're looking for more, go to DowdyCropInnovations.com. 
Thanks for listening to today's show and be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.